Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And in this segment, I introduce yet another guest, Michael Holiday. Michael and I are going to discuss medical astrology and how to find our health and vitality utilizing the science of Jyotish or Vedic sidereal astrology. We also will brush on Ayurveda and how the science of Ayurveda and astrology can be synthesized to create a very beautiful method of healing and give us insight into our health and maybe how we can become healthier. Michael resides in northern India and gives tours of sacred spaces. He is also a yogi, kundalini practitioner and teacher, as well as a tantric practitioner and teacher as well. He does have an upcoming training in the realm of Ayurveda and Vedic astrology, which we are going to discuss a little bit further along in the podcast. And so again, this was such a joy for me to record. Michael is such a sweet soul, and I hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it. Again, thank you so much. So thank you so much for being on my podcast. Yeah, this is, uh, this is great. It's very nice to be here. Yeah. And so I met you through Instagram and you had actually reposted something I had made in regards to Vedic astrology. And then you sent me some messages that were very educational and informative. And then I immediately wanted to invite you to talk. So what made you get interested in medical astrology? How long have you been studying this? Well, I've always um, I studied acupuncture for a while and I've studied a lot of kind of holistic, different methods of holistic healing. Um, and therapeutic yoga as well. But once I started to study Vedic astrology, it's just very natural to bring the Ayurveda into it. Mm -hmm. um, just to get a sense of, you get a very good sense of who a person is if you understand the Ayurvedic science. Um, for example, even just to look at someone's ascendant and understand whether their main constitution is vata, beat their cough, just from that alone, you know so much about a person. Yeah. And so with that, when you are assessing a birth chart and you're looking at the ascendant, what else do you typically analyze first when you're looking for the health of somebody or um, potential remedial measures? Well, for the health of someone, the, the first, I guess, three things that I really look at are the ascendant, uh, the sun, and the moon. Okay. Um, especially for health, the sun is quite significant. It basically rolls over our, our immune system. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so would you say that, um, yeah, and so the sun is definitely representative of vitality. And for those who are listening, though, who may have like a debilitated sun, we don't want them to freak out. So <laughs> how, how would you explain that? Well, the thing is, um, something like a debilitated sun, it's going to bring a chance of heart issues or some bone issues, but we also need to look at what the sun is doing in the Navamsha chart, for instance. Mm. So if someone has debilitated sun in the main chart, but it goes exalted in the Navamsha chart, mm. we're going to see someone who's probably going to be working quite, um, quite a lot with their health. Okay. Health is actually going to improve over the course of their life. Okay. Yeah. And so the sixth house is also big for health. And I feel like that the eight, the eighth house is also considered like longevity and maybe chronic illness. And so are these also houses that you're, you're definitely going to look at? 
of course, when we're looking at health, yeah, that right after I've looked at those first three kind of uh, signifiers, right away I look at the sixth house. Um, sixth house is kind of, these are usually health concerns we have to deal with for most of our life in some way or other, but they're not huge things. For okay. the most part, they're just things that we have to, we just have to deal with it, and they're not a big deal, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the eighth house um, illnesses and the eighth house problems. Those are the ones that kill us eventually. Okay. All right. So it becomes quite a bit more serious. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you typically, if you see somebody, for instance, that may have like a lot of malefic aspects and you're thinking to yourself, okay, this definitely is a chart that shows like weaker health or ill health. Do you prescribe Ayurvedic practices with other remedial measures like mantra and gemstones? Or what is your way of like treating an, an illness that you see in the birth chart? Oh, well, there's, there's a lot of ways to treat this. Generally, uh, mantra is one of the main remedies uh, with, with, with anyone through it, through anything you could say. It, mantra really ties in with tantra quite a lot because tantra essentially says that this. You're breaking up a little bit. Can you, I'm so sorry, can you repeat what you just said? I couldn't hear and I want to make sure people can hear you. No problem. I mean, so I'm talking about mantra and it's a connection with tantra. Mm -hmm. And tantra basically says the whole world is energy. It's vibration. Mm -hmm. The main tantras that I study myself are the tantras on vibration, the bandakarikas they call them. Okay. Um, so mantra becomes very important when we think of this idea that if everything is energy, it's all vibration, mm -hmm. then the vibrations created by different mantras become very important for improving health, for spiritual practice, for basically keeping our own personal vibration so it resonates with universal vibration. So that becomes quite important. Otherwise, things become like for any kind of sun debilitation or issues with the sun, I usually recommend things, just something simple like sun salutations, especially if that person can get up and do them at sunrise. Yeah. So a lot of the remedies that do end up coming out that way are actually quite common sense for anyone who knows Ayurveda. Yeah. And you do have a training coming up. I do, yeah. Um, it's going to be a six-month foundational training in Vedic Astrology. Okay. It's going to start uh, in, uh, June 21st. It'll begin. Okay. And it'll be once a week, um, like I said, for about six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ayurveda is going to be one of the elements of that. Some of the students that are already signed up, they know Ayurveda. Some don't know Ayurveda. So I'll be going through that quite a bit of detail. Uh, and remedial measures as well. I'll go through quite a bit of detail. Okay. But I'm kind of excited to be working with other Ayurvedic um, practitioners in that. I think I'll also get some, some remedial measures once we kind of put all of this together as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And so you will be working with other Ayurvedic practitioners during the training? Yes, of course. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. All right. And so you live in India. And so I'm imagining that you're like... Uh, your doctors are all Ayurvedic doctors. <laughs> well, I don't really see doctors here, but the family I stay with is a traditional family. Uh, the elder okay. brother knows Ayurveda quite well. Okay. Uh, with the, we're, we've been in full lockdown here for now about eight weeks. 
Um, so please, I haven't been eating any of the restaurants. So the uh, the diet they're feeding me is, is perfect diet for the heat and for my own heat, my own night. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so kind of going back to the medical astrology and looking at it from your birth chart, I know that you mentioned that the sun and like having a strong sun is going to be good for vitality. Um, and then also like just kind of tying it in with Ayurveda, would you say that those who have a strong sun, I mean, I guess it can't be simplified in this manner, but strong sun is generally associated with like the Pitta composition. Would you say that's yeah, true? Certainly. Um, okay. If you see sun and Mars, for example, they're both fiery planets. Mm -hmm. If you see those two planets in someone's ascendant, mm -hmm. very good chance they have to be the constitution. Yeah. Can depend a little bit where the ascendant lord is and, and the sign in that house. Mm -hmm. But very, very good chance those two planets will override everything else and give okay. constitution. And it really, I really distinguish between the physical constitution and the mental constitution through astrology as well. Okay. Because when you're looking at the moon, they might have a very physical pitta constitution. Um, but my moon, for example, again, I've said my fiery, but my moon is quite airy. Yeah. So actually, I've got a quite a, a vata sort of mind, always kind of moving. It's it's going from one thing to the other. Hmm great for doing all the studies I do and that sort of thing. No, that's so fascinating that you mentioned that because I was just thinking about myself and I always consider myself Pitta but then I was like, oh yeah, but then like I do have an aspect on my moon that would make it like move quicker and <laughs> cause a little bit more of like mental chatter. And so it's so fascinating. And so I I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but if somebody has maybe a Saturn aspect on the moon or a Rahu aspect on the moon, that may tend to add a more of a Vata, maybe even a Vata imbalance to the mental certainly. qualities. Would you say that's true? Certainly, certainly is, yeah. Um, that's another thing I often look at in the Ascendant, for example, is a Saturn aspect to the Ascendant. It's going to bring Vata qualities. And as we know by Ayurveda, anyone with Vata physical constitution they're more prone to get illnesses, mm. where Kapha people are the least prone to illness, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and so actually, when someone has a Jupiter aspect then on their ascendant, Jupiter, Jupiter rules the fat on the body. But a little bit of fat on the body is actually a protective element. So actually, just that one simple Jupiter aspect on the ascendant is amazing for defending that person from illness. Wow. It's really incredible how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what else, you know, because like, what would you say are really good indicators either on the ascendant or on the moon that may bring like a balance to the mental quality? And like, if you see it, you're like, oh, this person rarely spins out from anxiety. <laughs> They're like stable. Well, this is, this is Jupiter's. Okay. Moon on the <laughs> What the Jupiter does is not only physically brings fat to the body, but he brings fat to the mind as well. You can say um, the same as like some extra preserves. So you got some, you have some knowledge mm -hmm. by Jupiter. And a lot of times, like someone's studying and they're reading things and they have some knowledge, and so much of the knowledge we have seems completely useless. But suddenly, when we need that knowledge, it's there. It's there to protect us. 
there to protect the mind from worries. It's there to protect the body from physical harm as well. I love that. I mean, knowledge is power. Like that's a quote, you know, and so it is protection. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's really, uh, Jupiter's really the greatest benefic in the chart. And yeah. uh, these are kind of the reasons. Okay. Because knowledge is, is really, it's, a, it's an incredible quality. Faith, spiritual, um, just spiritual optimism, right? Wow. These all things all come through Jupiter. Yeah. Wow, that's really inspiring. And would you say that even chanting to Jupiter regularly could help strengthen those qualities of the mind? And Very, very much so, yeah. Jupiter mantras um, are usually the safest ones for anyone to chant, you can say. Once in a while, depending on chart, there can be, but mantras are usually very, very safe things to, to chant, especially for Jupiter. Okay. All right. And other um, indicators of positive health. I know that Mars has a tendency to like rule blood and it does have to do with like our muscles and like physical strength. And so where would you say Whenever you look at a chart and you think to yourself, Mars is well-placed, Mars is strong, Mars is going to help with strength and vitality, where would you say it would be placed for you to have those thoughts? Well, it kind of depends on the sign and a lot of things. Yeah, that but makes If I see Mars in the sixth house, the sixth house is going to bring, the Mars is going to bring them some accidents, some inflammation in the body, maybe some pulled muscles, some cuts, these kind of things. But the other thing that Mars in the sixth house will do, it'll give them the strength to. It'll give them the strength to fight against disease. It'll give them the strength to do something when something goes wrong, mm. and so that's a very good position. Also, in the third house, brings a lot of courage, and that from the third house, there Mars aspects the sixth house, so you get that courage and you get that strength to fight against your illnesses, your disease your enemies, right? Whatever obstacles you have, you can fight against that and yeah. do something. Absolutely. Whereas someone like Venus, we all really like Venus. And Venus is considered one of the, you know, one of the great benefits of the chart as well. But Venus in the sixth house, for example, a lot of times these people, they kind of mask their illnesses. Instead of face it, they kind of hide it. Mm. They do something that'll cover it up a little bit. Interesting. That is so fascinating. Do you know why that is? Well, Jupiter rules the, the image, right? Uh, second house is the image. And Jupiter wants harmony. But when it comes to sixth house, which is enemies, we can't have harmony with our enemies. Otherwise, our enemies just going to keep attacking us. We have to fight back against that enemy and do something about it. Okay. And so originally you had mentioned it would be Venus in the sixth house, but would you say this is true for Venus and Jupiter? No, because Jupiter in the sixth, um, he won't mask it. Jupiter okay. will, what happens is Jupiter people in the sixth, they often have a lot of like little problems that keep coming up. Uh-huh. They, they always go and find some advice for that. Jupiter's the advisor. So over time, they actually get a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge about six house things. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but Venus has the tendency to mask it. Yeah, much more so. Okay, interesting. I'm going to have to like go back and do some, just looking around these. I've, I've certainly seen this in charts before, absolutely. And I guess that 
the way I was perceiving it before was more of like, what health issues could this bring up? Not necessarily how is this person going to handle the health issues, but it's so important to consider how people are going to handle their health issues because rather you're like proactive and confronting it or seeking, like you're mentioning with Jupiter, seeking help in these matters, it's totally going to affect your health and how you handle illness. One of the, I guess one of the positive ways that, that Venus and sixth house can, can handle the illness is they're much more likely to take some herbal medicines with oh. Venus and sixth. Because oh. a sixth is also food is medicine. Mm -hmm. The second house is food, our day-to-day -day diet. But the sixth house is how we take food as medicine. And Venus is really the medicine kind of giver on the chart. So these kind of herbal medicines Venus quite likes. Okay. Would you say that Venus in the sixth is also going to like gemstones as remedial yes. measures? <laughs> yes, these kind of things as well Venus would like, certainly. Okay, that makes sense. So coming back to Saturn, because Saturn... I love Saturn. I feel like Saturn gets deemed as like the bad guy, but Saturn, you know, people will see Saturn in the eighth and they'll immediately freak out. But Saturn generally likes to be in the eighth house because it can bring longevity. Um, it can bring like that, you know, enduring strength. Now, so what would you say are positive places for Saturn to be? And I understand that's a super broad and general question, but if you can answer that in a general way. Well, yeah, you're right. Saturn does always bring some hardness, some stiffness, some coldness, wherever he is. And I often find when astrologers are giving this kind of advice on the planet, where's the best place for that planet, mm -hmm. especially these bad planets? Mm -hmm. They usually say wherever their planet is in their chart is <laughs> a good is a good position. <laughs> um, I find this quite often with astrologers. That's awesome. So I, I have I have Saturn in my ninth house, for example. Okay. Um, and this is a, a common placement for sciatica. Actually, it's in the hips, and oh, so yeah. brings some yeah. stiffness in the hips. So I've had a lot of sciatica while I was younger, mm -hmm. which is why I got into a lot of um, a lot of natural healing because of that. Mm -hmm. But what Saturn does in the in the or sorry in the ninth house, mm -hmm. what Saturn does in that ninth house is. Um, in the younger days, we never feel like we have enough knowledge. But now that I'm getting older and I've really worked hard because I'd never knew enough, that now I've become more responsible for my knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been in the Saturn Dasha now for about six or seven years. Oh, it's been that long already. <laughs> and, and so as soon as Saturn Dasha came, this is when I started to take responsibility for my uh, my philosophical knowledge and my my astrological knowledge and these things and and slowly I've been more and more teaching these kind of things. So Did I quite you? like that placement. Yeah. But they generally say that the malefic planets Saturn, Mars, Rahu, that they do good in the Dustana houses, the sixth, the eighth, and the twelfth. Mm-hmm. Third is a light Dustanza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what about K2 as well? We haven't spoken a lot about K2. Well, there's a few, when it comes to, again, the Ayurvedic side of health, there's a few, like, very general rules that I always look to. Ketu brings numbness to wherever he sits. Saturn brings stiffness to wherever he sits, or aspects. Mm -hmm. Mars will bring some inflammation to wherever he sits. 
So wherever Ketu is sitting in the chart, we often, we're often unaware of that area, you can say. Um, I have Ketu, well, he's 11th from my moon. And through the sciatica, this has brought some numbness into my lower legs at different times, especially around the ankle and the, the kind of even the side of my foot. Mm -hmm. where I've had this numbness and I haven't really felt it at certain periods of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so he'll do that. I generally, um, Ketu in the sixth house, for example, Ketu is a really hard planet to have in the sixth house because, again, when we have some illness, some enemy, we have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So Ketu is like, oh, that's no problem, oh. Yeah, forget that. Oh, my stomach hurts. Ah, it'll go away. Mm -hmm. And so actually, Ketu and the Sixth House, they don't do anything about their problems until they become a major issue. Wow. And so that can be a, it can become an issue, of course. Yeah. That is so fascinating. The other thing that happens with that Ketu is that if they do go to the doctor, oftentimes the doctor can't diagnose them anyways. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um and with, I've heard also with Rahu, it can bring illnesses that kind of arise and disappear in the six. It's like a mysterious, it comes up, you don't really know what it is, and then it goes away. They're both kind of ghostly figures, right? Yeah. Like this. I love what you said, though, about the numbness. I'm like, my brain is exploding because <laughs> I, I have this thing where I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm sure that people listening to this are going to resonate. I, I'm sure it's not super uncommon, but I wake up and my arm is completely numb. I cannot feel it. Yeah. And yeah. I have K2 third from my moon, which is like the hands, right? It could be yeah. like the hands or the right arm. And it's always the right shoulder arm hand. Like it's crazy. It's never the left. Yeah. It's always the right. <laughs> yeah. All of this kind of uh, pins and needles kind of tingling. Yeah. We say in the West, like, oh, my foot fell asleep or this kind of thing. This is all Ketu. God, that's so fascinating. I'd never heard that before. I love that. I mean, I hope nobody has to experience that, but it's just fascinating to know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so as far as transits are concerned, I know that, or something that I talk about often rather, is that K2 and Mars are very responsible for accidents. Saturn can also be involved in accidents. Um, and what would you say is typically um, something that maybe we should watch out for during transits, something that maybe we should be excited about during transits, as general as you can be? Yeah. I know, it's also complicated. It is very complicated. Uh, the thing to remember about transits is actually our Vedic astrology has the Vimshotardi Dashas. Mm -hmm. And that's always the more important thing. Okay. So what happens if someone's in a Mars Dasha, then of course we have to look at their own chart, what Mars is doing. But what happens then is the transit of Mars also becomes more important and more influential in that person's life. Um, and basically, we treat transits very similar sort of way that we treat the chart. So if Mars happens to be transiting in the sixth house from your ascendant, then it can bring some accident. It can bring some inflammation into the body somehow, some okay. problem by inflammation. Okay, that makes so much sense. 
And so you want to see what dasha you're running, which planetary period, and then where that planet is transiting in your chart. And if it does happen to be the sixth house or the eighth house, if it happens to be transiting a malefic planet like Mars or K2 or Saturn, that could, I mean, it, you know, you always want to seek a professional before making assumptions. Of course. But it could potentially maybe bring a little bit of an illness or maybe you cut yourself. It doesn't have to be anything extreme. This is very much it. Um, sometimes it's like it's such a minor, it's a little paper cut, for yeah. instance. Um, it's such a minor little bit of uh, torn muscle or something, just minor, minor sort of inflammation comes into the system. Mm -hmm. And Mars can do that whatever house he's transiting in. He can bring a little bit of heat into that area of your life Sorry. or into that area of the body. Okay. Yeah. And I think that also what it boils down to is it's like these transits are going to support what is already stated in your birth chart. So if you don't have a birth chart that's saying you're going to get a chronic disease, like you, you know what I mean? Like you have to look at yeah. everything holistically. It all has to correlate. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned earlier the Navamsha chart in Vedic astrology. So to even make a, a, a prediction from the person's chart, generally we're looking at the ascendant chart, we're looking at the moon chart, and we're looking at the Navamsha chart. And ideally, all three charts, we want to find them saying the same thing. Okay. So a lot of people, when they're just wandering astrology, they're just looking at their ascendant chart. They go, oh my God, it's so, this is going to happen. But if we look deeper in and we look at the moon or we look at the Navamsha, it can completely very much change those indications from the ascended chart. Okay, um, that makes a lot of sense. It might be some minor bad thing happens, but by Navamsha, we get really, really good result from that. Okay, yeah. and right? so and I sprain my ankle and I go to the hospital and wow, I meet my next boss and get my dream job, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so do you find yourself reading your own chart for health or do you try not to read your own chart? I, I keep an eye on my own chart. I keep an eye on my Dasha systems. Um, but generally, I try to leave my life as, as you can say, between me and God. Okay. Um, what's going to happen is going to happen whether I know about it or not. Yeah. I think that that's such valuable information. Oh my God. Like even just hearing you say that, I feel like I can relax because, you know, if, if you study astrology or if you, you know, have been studying astrology for years or you're, you're totally new to it, I feel like there is this element that comes in that can be very tricky and even I would dare to say dangerous in that we're trying to control. And we're like, these things are coming. I'm going to try to control it. I'm going to try to make this thing happen, or I'm going to try to avoid it. And like you were mentioning, it's like if God in the universe wants something to happen, there's literally nothing we can do to stop it. And that could be a good thing too. You know, like it could be God wants us to be healthy. And no matter how much we worry, no matter how much we agonize over a potential accident that we think we see, we're going to be fine. And the worst part about this entire experience is the worry and fret of trying to control. Well, ultimately, what I coach to most of my clients, so say I do a reading and they're going, really bad period of their life is coming up mm -hmm. and they're worried about this period. What am I going to do? What can I do? Okay, so 
a big part of the remedial measures are to help bring self-knowledge. Who am I? But when we start to ask this question, we want to ask it on a couple different levels. First, I want to know who am I as an individual, which is important. Of course, we want to know that. But more importantly than that, we want to know who am I really? And so if we follow Tantra philosophy, you're, you are Shiva, you are everything. And really, when we start to understand the astrology chart, we see that all time and all space is in that chart. It's in that individual. All the past, all those past lives, but not just the past, all the future lives are in your present here and now. So once we can start to connect more and more and more with our universal selves, we can kind of let go of this karma of this life. Because I'm not just, I'm so much more than this, you can say. This is such a minor, small part of who I really am, what I really represent in this universe. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, I mean, I feel like that's a beautiful, is there anything else that you feel like you would want to say to people about the power of um, Jyotish and medical astrology or Jyotish and Ayurveda, anything else about your training? I know that people can find you at mikesleepingdog.com and you also have an Instagram, which is mikesleepingdog, which I enjoy following. But what else, yeah. where can people find you and where can they register for your course that you're teaching? Well, they can find me and, and send me an email. Um, the application process is quite simple. I, I get people's uh, astrology details. I make a chart. And then we spend about an hour talking about the course, about um, what they want to get from it, about their own kind of spiritual path and these sorts of things. Wow. Um, and I just want to, it's not a big deal. It's a very simple, very kind of informal sort of thing. I just want to make sure that they'll get what they can from the course. Beautiful. Um, both the technical side and the spiritual side of the course. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate it. And I hope one day I can come to North India and you can show me around. So you may, you may see me in person eventually. <laughs> oh, well, I look, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Well, thank yeah. you so much for meeting with me today. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you for, for having me here. You're so welcome. Om Namah Thank you so much for listening until the end of this podcast. I hope that it was helpful. I also want to encourage anyone who was listening who may have gotten a little bit of anxiety about something we have mentioned. We can never tell anything about a birth chart by looking at one variable. We always want to take everything into account and look at the chart holistically. Okay, so just because you have one of these factors that we may have mentioned that may have been an indicator of ill health, it certainly does not 100% guarantee that you as an individual are going to have ill health. I highly recommend seeking the consultation of a professional astrologer if you are feeling a little uneasy, and I think that that will definitely do a lot to ease your mind. Okay, and if you do want to learn more about Mike, please go to his website, mikessleepingdog.com. His Instagram handle is Mike's Sleeping Dog. I will be sure to include his information in the descriptions below. 
And also, I want to give a special shout out to my audio repair specialist, Baz Bartlett. I am receiving no kickback or promotion with this shout out. I just personally have a lot of respect and admiration for Baz. He helps me clean up every audio mess I make in a timely manner, and he's always respectful and kind. So if you have anything audio or you have a podcast and in the future you may need help with your audio in a professional sense, his website is bartlettaudio.com.au. Bartlett has two T's, bartlettaudio.com.au. I promise you won't regret it. And if you want to schedule a reading with me, as always, please email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can find my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow my Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and on Twitter, astrologynow underscore. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.